This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. We're continuing our sermon series through the book of Acts, and I thought maybe I could begin by reading the focus for our sermon this morning from Acts chapter 2. This is after the great harvest festival where Peter preaches at Pentecost and, and the Lord brings in a harvest of souls. And this is what the early church uh, started to do right away. The first Christians, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, having everything in common, to the breaking of bread and to prayer Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, the large gathering. And they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts in the small gathering praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for gathering us here to get together as a community of believers, a community of, 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 of your people. We pray, Lord God, that, that we would be encouraged by your word and that we would also encourage one another, that we would be devoted to one another. Lord God, I know we need you and we need each other. Everyone comes in here with their own level of of brokenness and pain and suffering. And you are calling us to lift each other up. And so, Lord God, uh, do your work and don't let me get in the way of what you're doing. Amen. I'm not a good driver. (laughs) It's not that I can't keep, (laughs) it's not that I can't keep the car on the road. It's that I can get easily distracted I pull out of the driveway and almost immediately I hear my GPS saying, rerouting, rerouting. Or my wife taps me on the shoulder and says, do you know where you're going? (laughs) You know what you're doing? Where, Where are you going? All of us sometimes need to just stop and ask some fundamental questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? It's not just important when you're, you're driving. It's important in every area of your life. Everybody's got to answer these questions. Every organization, every business, every church, every family, every individual sometimes just needs to stop and ask, why am I here? Or who am I? Why am I here? And where am I going? And we've been doing that as a church, actually, um, you know, we can get distracted and, and maybe wonder where we're going. And so our, our leaders, we've been gathering together over the last few months and trying to answer those questions. Who are we as a church? Why are we here? And where are we going? And the answers to those questions we want to put together in this sermon series called Welcome to Victory. What we're trying to do with this sermon series is, is walk through the book of Acts and, and talk about who we are as a church, especially for those of you who might be uh, new to this congregation. What does it mean when we welcome you to victory? What are we all about? And where are we going as a church? And then also maybe some of you who um, have been here a while and maybe wonder or how you can participate and how you can dive into this ministry. And so that's what this sermon series is all about, trying to answer those questions. 
Who are we? Why are we here? And where are we going? But here's the good news. As Christians, we don't need to come up with answers to those questions on our own. We have God's word. And God's word answers those questions. Who are we? Why are we here? Where are we going? Now, if you are an individual and you want to answer those questions, where do you go? If you want to figure out, you know, I'm a human being and I want to know why, who am I? Why am I here and where am I going? I say begin where humanity began. Begin on the first page of the Bible. And on the first pages of the Bible, the Bible will answer those questions for you. Who are we? Why are we here? Where are we going? But if you're a church and you want to answer those questions, you need to go where the church started. And that's why we're going through the book of Acts. The book of Acts is the second book in a two-volume series written by a man named Luke. And in his first volume, the book of Luke, he talks about the life of Jesus. And in the second volume, the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, he tells about the birth of the Christian church. And so if we want to know who are we as a church, why are we here, and where are we going, we're going to go to the book of Acts. And that's what Pastor Bill did last week. He opened up this book and we went to the first page where Jesus gives the mission statement. He answered the question, uh, where are we going? Why are we here? He gives the mission statement to the church. He's meeting with his uh, his apostles, his disciples for the last time before he ascends into heaven. He's already lived, died, and rose. And he gives them the mission, the mission of the Christian church. And Pastor Bill shared this, this verse with you last week where, where Jesus told them, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is the mission that Jesus gave to the church. He said, the church, you will have power from the Holy Spirit and you will be my witnesses. Literally, the the word in Greek is martyr. You're going to witness with your whole life to my resurrection. And that good news is not just for you. That message is going to extend to the ends of the earth. That's the mission of the church. Jesus said it similarly in in another part of scripture, Matthew, where he says, um, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And so as a Christian church, we don't need to come up with our own mission statement. All we need to do is kind of reword what Jesus has already told us to do. And so last week, Pastor Bill told you our updated mission statement, only six words. It's reaching today's people with Christ's victory. It's not very different to the old mission statement. It's not very different than other churches. And it's not very different than what Jesus said. It, It can't be unique. It can't be unique because Jesus told us what to do. All we need to do is kind of rearrange the words and and make them fit us, make them memorable for us. And and so what we're trying to do is reach today's people, the people born today, the people living today. We want to reach today's people, extend that kingdom, not with our own ideas, not with our church or church body or our own ideas or who we are. We're reaching today's people with Christ's victory, his forgiveness, his love, his resurrecting power. 
Now, if we shared that mission statement with other Christian churches, I think most churches would say, us too. Everybody would probably agree with that mission statement because we all, all Christian churches have the, basically the same mission. We're supposed to be reaching people with Christ's message. We all agree on that. And in fact, um, many Christian churches agree on the same beliefs, especially the ones in our fellowship, in our uh, system of churches. We, we all believe that God is our Father and our Creator, like we say in the Apostles' Creed. We believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Holy Christian Church. We believe that the Bible is the authority. And we believe that God comes to us to forgive us and rescue us through the Bible and through baptism and the Lord's Supper. So we have the same beliefs. But what makes us unique as a church? And that's what we wanted to figure out as a leadership. What makes us different than other churches? And, and that goes to our culture. What's different about our culture as a church? And so we got off site and our leaders met together. And we started uh, talking about things that were, that were unique to us. What was unique about this church? What are some of our, we call them core values. And the word that came out was welcoming. Welcoming. That's a core value of our church that we want to be a welcoming church. Um, that's, a, that's a big deal for us. And, and I felt that when I got here back in April, that this is a welcoming church. That, that when I got here, I was welcomed by you. And many people have said that, that when they come into this church, they're welcome. And there's a lot of hard work that gets put into to being a welcome church. Maybe you've noticed that our website is designed so that you can plan your visit or you can watch online before you come here. And then when you do show up, um, you're greeted out in the parking lot. And then once you walk in those doors, you're greeted by another group of greeters. And then hopefully you're pointed to the food that you can start um, eating together and having good coffee. And then hopefully as you enter in, you, you see that there's a, a welcoming atmosphere. And there's a, a worship team that leads the worship so that you can follow along and participate. And then Pastor Bill and I, we work really hard to try to speak in a way that everybody can, can feel included and understand what's going on. So we try everything we can to be a welcoming church. But... Something that I've noticed, our leadership has noticed, our staff has noticed, and, and visitors have noticed that there's kind of a dead zone. That, that once you get through the gamut of greeters, um, it's kind of overwhelming. Maybe you kind of are in that, that no man's land, not knowing what to do next. Do I go in? Do I, who do I talk to? Is that food for me? Do I walk into the sanctuary, the worship space? And, and there's kind of this dead zone where maybe you don't feel welcomed in that moment. You don't know where to go next. And then when you get in here, uh, sometimes there's just so many new faces, so many different people. You don't know where to sit. You don't know who to talk to. And, and you might not feel welcomed when you enter into the worship space. And, and, and so there's these dead zones that maybe you don't always feel welcome. And that's not just something that happens inside of the church. It's happening all over society. More and more of us feel isolated and lonely and not welcomed. Everything that I'm reading, all the research that I've been looking at, and, and all my experience has pointed to this idea that we live in the loneliest society in the history of the world. That we live some of the most isolated lives in the history of the world. Uh, psychologists are talking about this. Scientists are talking about uh, Religious leaders are talking about it. It's all over the place that, that we live isolated lives. And there's many reasons for that. There, there's cultural reasons for that. 
I grew up in Kenosha and family in Milwaukee area, so I'm, I'm from this area. And then I've lived in other countries and ever, other, other parts of the United States. And I can say that, that, and I'm part of this, that this area is the busiest place I've ever lived in my life. We cram our schedules in Milwaukee, in the Franklin area, more than any other place that I've lived, any other country I've lived in, any other uh, part of the United States that I've lived in. We are just so busy, and we're so focused on, 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 on achieving and, and cramming just a little bit more into our schedule. And I'm included in that. Always trying to gather one more thing, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but then it's at the exclusion of relationships. It's hard to get on each other's calendars. Then there's other things that might cause us to feel lonely or isolated. You know, the obvious technological thing, right? I don't need to go into too much detail with that, but all of us, you know, we we get so zoned in on our phones and so zoned in on our technology that we might not see the people that we're eating with at a restaurant, right? That, that, That we might not interact with the people in our own houses, in our own homes. And then finally, there's the... I think the much deeper reason, the spiritual reason, the theological reason. That, that when we read God's word, we find out that our God is a triune God. And, and some um, religious leaders have said that, that our God is an eternal community of love. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They've, they're in this eternal community of love. One God, three persons, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And God created human beings so that human beings would enter into that eternal community of love and enjoy that kind of fellowship and friendship with God. But right away from the beginning, Adam and Eve, the first human beings, when they ate from that tree, they were saying, no, I want to set up my own community outside of God. I want to be God And we see them living that out as they build their own Tower of Babel to set up their own um, other other godly work. They they wanted to be their own gods, make a name for themselves at the expense of their relationship with God, live for themselves, for their own achievement, and, and not relate to God. And then right away when Adam and Eve sinned, not only did they separate themselves from God, isolate themselves from God, but then they start covering themselves and isolating themselves from each other. And I think we see that play out. We can be so driven in our lives, trying to set up our, uh, make a name for ourselves is at the expense of each other. Or we can feel so filled with guilt and shame that we start to cover ourselves and isolate ourselves and, and separate ourselves from one another. And so although we're trying as a church to be a welcoming church and although we're trying to be a welcoming people, uh, sometimes we feel very isolated and alone, not welcomed. So what are we going to do about it? Well, the good news again is we don't have to look to our own ideas for the answers. We can look to the word of God and, and we can see what happened in the early Christian church. What did the early Christians do? Well, what the early Christians experienced was they had explosive growth. Right away, when, when the Apostle Peter preached a sermon at that Harvest Festival at Pentecost, 3,000 people became Christians. They went from a church of 120 people to 3,000 in one day. Boom! Explosive growth. And they could have had people get lost in the crowd. As you get bigger, it's easier to get lost in the crowd, isolated from one another. But instead, the first thing that they did was this. Listen how the early Christians organized themselves. It says, they devoted themselves 
to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. So the early Christians, um, the first thing that they did is they didn't get too concerned about a building. They didn't get too concerned about a worship style. They didn't get too concerned about finding a dynamic preacher, any of those kinds of things. The first thing that the early Christians wanted to do, the first Christian church said, we're going to be devoted to the apostles' teaching. We're going to be devoted to the Bible, devoted to God's word, and we're going to be devoted to fellowship, friendship, getting together. We're going to be devoted to gathering together. And they did that in a couple ways. It says um, they were devoted to meet together in the temple courts, the big gathering. So they go up there during the times of prayer or during the times of worship. And they would go there, maybe hundreds, maybe thousands of believers would gather in the temple courts in a large group setting like we're doing right now. But they also would gather in homes and smaller groups, break bread together and pray together and encourage one another. And so as we look at the early Christian churches, large group of Christians, what we see is what they were intentional about was they wanted to be welcoming. That was a core value for the first Christians, to be welcoming. But there was more than just being welcoming. They were devoted to one another. And that's our first fill in the blank. If you're doing the fill in the blank in our worship folder, here's the first fill in the blank. The early Christians were devoted to one another. They were devoted to one another. Not just welcomed one another, but they were devoted to one another. And then look what happened. Look what happened. It says, with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So they experienced joy and gladness in their hearts. You know, today we, we have such comfortable lives. We have so many technological advances. We have so many comforts. But joy and gladness can be so elusive. And they seem to experience the joy that we're looking for because they gathered together around God's word and they gathered being devoted to one another. And look what else they experienced. Growth. The Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. Uh, as we read the book of Acts, it starts in the first section of Acts. We find that the church is about 120 people. Then after Pentecost, it's about 3,000 people. And then a few chapters later, we see that the church got up to 5,000 people. Explosive growth as they continued to meet together and they were devoted to God's word and devoted to each other. Now, where did they come up with this idea? How did they become this kind of people, this kind of culture, this kind of core value of being devoted to one another? Well, the early Christian church was started by the apostles, Jesus' disciples. And, and, and Luke tells us, one of the writers in his first volume, the book of Luke, who Jesus was. That these apostles watched Jesus, and Jesus was known, as Pastor Bill just got done reading, he was known as somebody who welcomed sinners and ate with them. Jesus welcomed the marginalized. Jesus, I mean, think about this. He's here to save the world, and yet he's got time for everybody. He's here to save the world, and to change the world, and to be the king of the world, and yet he has time for the marginalized, the sinner, the, the, the person who everybody else is pushing to the side, 
uh, people that would not have been able to advance his kingship or his kingdom. People wouldn't have been able to give Jesus anything, and yet he had time to be devoted to them because that's who he was. And because that's who Jesus was, that's who the early church, that's who the early church became. And that's something we need to continue to think about and learn and experience ourselves. We need to see that Jesus is devoted to us. And he's not just devoted to us in like a temporal relationship, as good as that is. Jesus is so devoted to us that he wants us to enter into that eternal community of love of the Trinity. And he wanted to make that happen as he made peace between us and God. See, um, by ourselves, there's separation between us and God and each other because of sin and guilt and shame. There's all this separation. But Jesus came into the world and extended his arms on the cross so that you could be embraced forever. So that you could be welcomed into his kingdom, into his community, into into his eternal community of love. Jesus is devoted to you. He's devoted to your salvation. He's devoted to you being a child of God. He's devoted to you. And when we really get that, that he likes you, that he accepts you, that he forgives you, that he's devoted to you, when we get that, then we can move on to the application. Our second fill in the blank. So then be devoted to one another. Just as Jesus was devoted to us, Let's be like those early Christians and be devoted to one another. Now, why is that so important? Why do we need that more than anything else today? Well, I think we're all kind of like icebergs. You you know, an iceberg, when you look at an iceberg, you can see quite a bit superficially. And um, you, you you can see something superficially when you look at an iceberg. But then there's this whole other part of the iceberg below the surface. And, and so when we walk into church, um, we can see some superficial things about each other. But here's what I've learned. I've been a pastor for nine years. I've been a pastor at three different churches. And here's what I've learned in all the different churches that I've been in. Everybody who walks into the church walks in because there's some brokenness in their life. I have yet to meet somebody who's like, you know, life is going great. I was just looking for a church to praise God. It's always like something's going in my life. Something is not working out. Uh, There's some, some dissonance in my life, some uneasiness, all this stuff that's going on below the surface that, that, that that's hard for us to always see Um, below the surface are the things like incredible anxiety. Maybe there's brokenness in your relationship. Maybe he's got the problem between a, a parent and a child. And the parents are trying to make it all work, but there's just so much fear and worry because it's just not working out. Or there's brokenness in the marriage. Maybe you're going through a divorce or maybe you just, you're not communicating. You don't know what to do next. There's all this depression and anxiety that's going on in between in your relationship. Maybe there's all this worry and concern financially. You don't know what's going to happen with your job. You don't know what's going to happen with your, your, your finances. There's this debt that's coming down on your shoulders. Maybe you have all this emotional issues going on right now. Maybe you're still trying to process a past trauma and you just don't know how to keep taking the next foot forward. Maybe you have some deep spiritual questions. There was a time where, man, you knew so clearly what God, you had this belief that God loved you. You had this belief that God's word was true. And you had this belief you knew where you're going. And now there's all this uh, doubt that you're experiencing That's the stuff that's going on below the surface. And that's the kind of stuff that's going on in every single one of our lives. I want you to think of the story of the Titanic. 
When the Titanic was, was, say, or was going through the ocean, um, what sunk the Titanic? Was it the stuff above the, the waterline? Was it the, the iceberg above the waterline? What sunk the Titanic? No, the big stuff underneath the water. And that's the stuff that's going to sink you too, unless we talk about it, unless we're vulnerable with each other, unless we encourage one another, unless we help one another, unless we're devoted to one another and we help each other to point our eyes to Jesus Christ. So how do we do that? How can we do that? How can we be devoted to one another? Well, I think as a church, you know, we as a staff and leadership and, and our volunteers, we're always talking about different systems that we can put into place. And I think there's some improvement we can make. You know, as we get bigger as a congregation, we need to figure out how we can continue to be smaller and still be a family of believers. We want to talk about our systems as to how, make, how we make sure there's as few dead zones as possible as you walk into the building and, and continue to get, get more greeters or, or, or more better systems. We also want to talk about how we can improve our small group ministry. And we're really going to be focusing on that in this next year and, and how we can continue to give you the best experience as you serve in groups and get to build relationships. So there's all these different systems that we want to, to work with. But what can you do today? Well, I don't want anyone leaving here feeling guilty that all of a sudden now I'm supposed to connect with 400 people. All of a sudden I have to get um, deep with all these people, go below the surface with all these people. That would be overwhelming. And that's just, that's not what I'm saying. And, and even psychologists tell us that, that none of us can really um, connect at a deep level with hundreds of people, not even 50 people. Just not humanly possible. Even Jesus, who is God, only had a group of 12. And he seemed to only get deep with three of them, Peter, James, and John. And so I heard this illustration years ago by a pastor who said it this way. He said, all of us are kind of like Legos. We're, we're all like a Lego, and, and a Lego is designed not to be by itself. A Lego is designed to connect with other Legos, but there's only so many open spaces to connect with, right? And that's the same for us as human beings. We are designed for deep connection, None of us functions all by ourselves. You know, you really want uh, to go through something hard, be in solitary confinement, right? None of us are designed to be all by ourselves. That's not how it goes, but, but we also have to understand our limitations. None of us was designed to connect with thousands of followers on social media. It's not who we're designed to be. All of us are designed to connect to a few other people. We're designed to have deep connections with, with a couple, and so... Uh, actually, even before the sermon this morning, uh, Pastor Bill and I are talking about this. And, and so uh, he, he was telling me this, and I think this is true. Like, you can maybe pray for thousands. You can maybe be welcoming to a few hundred. But you can only really deeply connect with and serve probably a handful. But you need that handful. So how are you going to fill up your Lego? What are some of the next steps? I think maybe what we could do is, is, is maybe just one of the key ways is to maybe get here a little bit early for worship. And if you see somebody who's, who's by themselves, you know, the way we can be a welcoming church is we continue that, that there's not, I'm not going to wait for a greeter. I'm not going to wait for a system to do it. I'm going to go talk to that person. I'm going to get here early and connect with somebody. Maybe that's your gift. Maybe you stick around a little bit later and get to know the people around you. Maybe this is the year you say, you know what? I'm going to participate in a serving group. I'm going to get in a serving group. I'm going to get to know somebody else. 
Or I'm going to sign up for a small group. I need that kind of connection. I'm going to build that kind of relationship. I'm going to invite someone over my home. There's all these different next steps that you can take, but we need each other. We're designed to be connected with one another. And if we don't, we're going to fall apart. It's going to sink us. In fact, this is one of the most powerful things that we can do. As the Christian church grew in the first few centuries, the Roman government got um, threatened by it. In fact, in the, in, in the fourth century, there was an emperor named Emperor Julian who, who was threatened by the early Christian church and the rise of Christianity. And he wanted to stomp out Christianity. And so he set up all these alternative Roman temples and, and, and Roman priesthoods and Roman gods to try to give people a, 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 a different religion to follow and to get out of Christianity. But then he ends up writing this line that he says, you know, I'm never going to be able to stomp out Christianity Because he said, you know, um, these Christians, they don't just take care of themselves, but they love our people as well. They love one another. Because these early Christians, because they loved one another, Emperor Julian realized that there was no way he was going to be able to stomp out Christianity. There's so much power in that. You know, one of the epidemics that we have in society is loneliness and isolation. And the Christian church, I believe, is the answer to it as we gather together and love one another. So who are we? Why are we here? Where are we going? When we say welcome to victory, what are we really saying? Well, we're saying we're we're trying to be a church that's reaching today's people with Christ's victory. That's our mission statement. And we want to be a welcoming church. But today's world, today's society, I don't think we can stop at being welcoming. We need more than that. We need to move from a church that's just welcoming to a church of people who are devoted to one another. That's going to take sacrifice. It's going to be hard. It's going to be, it's going to be difficult. But remember this. We had a, have a God who is first devoted to us. And because we have a God who is first devoted to us, he can give us the power to be devoted to one another. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for all the people who are gathered here. Lord God, there's so much uh, uh, pain in this room just because of the reality of the broken world we live in and the brokenness in our lives. All of us, Lord God, are icebergs. And there's so many things that we're all dealing with. And so, Lord God, I pray that you would allow us to be vulnerable with one another, that, that you would lead us to find a small group of people that we can gather on, that we can, we can help each other and encourage one another and point each of us back to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, the one who carries our burdens and, 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 and helps us and leads us to the way everlasting. Lord God, I pray that, that we would leave here lighter, that we would leave here encouraged, and that, that we would do everything to the glory of your name. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.